Hey everybody, we are Project Mishram and you're listening to Procast. Welcome to episode 115 of the Procast. I'm your host Dario. And as you might have noticed, this is the first ProCast episode that is not being presented by our good friends uh, over at the Proc Space. For people who know me, of course, I'm a part of the Proc Space team as well, and that's not going to change. But we at the ProCast will continue with our own socials from now on and uh, build our own social media presence Whereas over at the Prog Space, I can assure you there's going to be a lot exciting new content coming up. So stay tuned for more Prog on both the Prog cast and the Prog Space. Now, what do we have in store for you today? I'm very happy to be in the Zoom call with guitarist Sumant, bassist Ram, and vocalist Shivaraj from India, from Project Mishram. Happy release day, uh, guys. Your album is out today as we're recording this. Are you excited? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, this has been a, a huge, huge amount of work. <laughs> And in lockdown at that, so all of us have been writing pretty much remotely. So it's it's absolutely very, very exciting to... And, and this is our first album, technically, so it's awesome, yeah. Yeah, before before we dive into the, the history of the album and the history of the band, I, I want to give a shout-out to Simon from UK Tech Fest, without whom I wouldn't know about you guys, you the existence of Project Mishram. Um Unfortunately, I wasn't there when you guys played in 2019. I was always um, on my list to go to the UK Tech Fest one day. Last year would have been that year, that time, finally. But of course, we all know that wasn't meant to be. But instead, you guys were playing, uh, you guys prepared to, I think, two songs for the for the Tech Fest at Home stream where I discovered you guys. And now you're finally here with your debut album, Meso, which is uh, released on today as we're recording this on February 26th, as we just said. Um, so now, uh, tell us about your band. You're seven people in the band and uh, you have a crazy array of influences from all over the place. So tell us how you guys started and, and how this project came together. Yeah, uh, I'll take that one. So, uh, by the way, I'm Shivraj, the vocalist and beatboxer of the band. Uh, so how the band came to be is we all met at university. So we all, uh, most of us studied in the same university and uh, that's where we started as, as a band. So we used to play a lot of festivals that were hosted by other universities. And uh, once we finished that chapter of our artist life, we began uh, writing professional music and uh, we, uh, we got featured on this uh, national uh, YouTube channel that, that's very famous for indie musicians in India. 
so uh, that's where i think our break started uh, and uh, we started sharing our music across different facebook groups like uh, gent uh, or uh, prog snob and uh, our first few videos got a lot of uh, traction and uh, that's where our international presence uh, you know uh, started to brew uh, but uh, i think our big break was when obviously we played the uk tech fest and uh, uh, that's where uh, uh, we got immense uh, you know uh, reactions from from all the people that had come there and it was great to uh, <clears throat> uh, you know uh, see all, all people from different walks of life actually enjoy our music so yeah so the band uh, as i mentioned came to be from uh, university level and uh, then we moved on to uh, you know professional music so yeah <laughs> uh reading your bio um the the name mishram uh has actually two meanings and um so it means mix uh in in sanskrit and also denotes the number seven and and you're a seven piece band did you did you pick that after like the the lineup was complete or was it a coincidence <laughs> yeah that was actually a coincidence um it, it, it actually when we began we intended to you know denote the mix and it's also the name of a time signature in indian classical music um so it represents the seven beat cycle so the current lineup seven people that's just a coincidence <laughs> yeah tell tell us about the lineup i mean um seven seven people in the band is not that common in the traditional rock uh lineup or metal lineup and and you guys also have um some instruments i guess uh there that that are not so common so <laughs> enlighten us there used to be more there used to be more to be fair we started out with about 10 or 11 members when we were just participating at competitions like inter-college competitions and then gradually we kind of um i mean th things took their natural course and then we settled upon seven instruments so obviously you have like the backbone of a normal metal band with like two guitars a bass drums and vocals but then we also have two indian instruments that help give us our, I mean, they help, they help add the Indian classical influence, of course. So we have a violinist and a flautist and the, the extra elements that we used to have, for example, Indian percussions, our drummer can play Indian percussions as well. He plays an instrument named the Mridangam and Shivraj Hirkins is very proficient at uh, Indian classical vocals as well as Western vocals. So we, um, I, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure we can go much below seven without retaining uh, every element of our current sound. So we have come down from 10, but this is probably the optimal number of members. And um, yeah, to 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 en en enrich that 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 listening experience and also um, to uh, yeah honor honor all these. Uh, influences that that are spread or that are coming together in this mix, um, and are that are present uh, on the album. You you also have uh, a lot of people guesting on the album, especially on the uh, track Nivasa, which is like a lot of you know big band elements and stuff. So of course you have you have the brass, uh, some some brass players there. Um, 
talking about the songs, I, I have listened to the albums quite quite a few times in the last uh, one or two weeks since I got the promo, and uh, really every single song is very very different to to the other. So the first song starts off as a relatively normal modern prog metal song, and then throughout its course, it turns more and more um, carnatic and and uh, shows more of the Indian classical influence than as as we just said Nivasa is very, very there's a lot of uh, jazz and 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 stuff going on in loco coco there's hip hop meets metal whatever kana kana is the carnatic um composition that you rearranged as a gent uh track and finally the last track mangalam is is probably the purest um, Indian folk song, but a, a lot of modern elements going on there as well. With uh, I don't know how how common the beatboxing element is in the folk music, actually. Um, so, did, did these very different compositions, were, were they composed by different members of the band, or was it just, oh, We'll we'll do just different songs, different styles, and different songs. I can take a shot at that, and then um, Ram Shivaraj, you guys can add on. Um, this album was born out of like uh, serendipitously and with intent in different song senses. So there were certain songs that started off as demos, uh, as just like here's an idea and then we sort of snowballed that into something big. But uh, there were certain songs that were very intentional that. Hey, uh, you know, we want we want to try something in that jazz big band kind of space. So let's let's write Nivasa and let's see who we can collaborate with. And Shivraj knew some people uh, who who was ready to help out. So, like, um, it was a bit of a mix of both. So we had a couple of tracks, a skeletal version down, uh, you know, before the lockdown hit us. But then the most of the album was actually written um, during the lockdown itself, and uh, we were trying to go in as. Uh, random directions as possible because we wanted to explore certain soundscapes that we liked. So, um, you know, the serendipitous demos aside, we were very intentional about the fact that, hey, we want to do this kind of a reimagine a Carnatic song with a very, you know, dark raga in a gent style. You know, we wanted, always wanted to do Kanakana Ruchira that way. Or if you take uh, Loco Coco started out as a, as a joke almost, right? We wrote it at 3 a.m. Uh, just uh, this is about coffee just for fun. And then that became something else because you always wanted that EDM dubstep kind of an element uh, along with, you know, the grime rap, that kind of a vibe uh, in a song. And then, uh, you know, Mangalam. Uh, Mangalam is actually an ode to uh, an alter ego that we have uh, that, that you know, we play in India, you know, a much more traditionalist set with that modern beatboxing element, which is not exactly common in Carnatic music, actually, it's never been done. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a little bit of intent, a li little bit of serendipity, but uh, constant intention not to, you know, restrict ourselves to like, hey, we need to sound like this kind of a band. We'll just do what we like in the genres that we like, but let's kind of like uh, bring in that Indian element and stay rooted uh, that way because we all enjoy it that way, not that we owe anything to anyone. We genuinely enjoy it. Yeah, that, that that was a was a pretty full full, full on explanation, I guess. 
coming out of India and 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 mixing all those styles. First and foremost, of course, the the traditional Indian Carnatic music and progressive metal or gent, but also, as we said, a lot of other stuff. Um, do you th is is there any any scene in India growing right now? As we uh, there there's a couple of more smaller and bigger bands that that kind of um that that i uh noticed from here <laughs> from from germany uh so is there a scene you you would speak of and do you think most of all do you think there's like uh like a market for progressive music in india as uh, seeing that especially uh when you when you look at at the rhythms and and time signatures like like um you in your musical DNA, there's like these odd meters come naturally. So um, my thought is maybe there's like a, it 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 will could appeal to more people <laughs> than you know the, the w typical Westerner who's used to their four four pop music. <laughs> uh, I'd like to take that one, yeah, if I may. So. Yeah, as you said, uh, these odd time signatures and all that, that that's, uh, well, forms a part of the basic instruction for uh, uh, be Indian classical musicians, especially percussion artists. And even those who sing, they, uh, uh, this whole rhythm section, uh, uh, the concept of rhythm is a very important uh, basic knowledge to have uh, for any kind of Indian classical musician. So that way it is very deeply instilled uh, in our learning and uh, speaking of the market uh, yeah there are quite a few uh, bands uh, that uh, Indian bands that are into progressive metal like uh, Pineapple Express um, or uh, Bloody Wood I, I think they are pretty huge uh, and uh, I think there's another uh, artist called uh, Jatin Talukdar so he's also really good uh, with progressive metal um, and then we also have good uh, few good friends at the band uh, Takatak from Pakistan. So just not limiting to India in, in this entire region. Uh, I think there's a growing interest in progressive metal. And again, as you said, uh, it can cater to uh, Indian <coughs> listeners. Uh, I've seen it myself, like uh, quite a few Indian classical musicians who had not been exposed to progressive music as such. Uh, I shared with them our music or you know other uh, progressive metal songs and uh, instantly they were very hooked on to these songs and uh, so yeah it catches on really easily with Indian musicians uh, progressive music as such. That, that sounds very interesting I would, would really love to you know see their reaction actually because I, I think also sometimes um you know the old, uh, old older scholars for the for this kind of uh, very very deeply rooted uh, classic music. Uh, they they mostly I I would say they tend to shy away from any modern influences, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> we did have a few uh, old scholars in. Uh, Carnatic music, uh, say the dancing in the Kanakana video, video for the song Kanakana with K Mac. Uh, 
the dancing as such, which is actually the head banging in the song, was a little too much to watch. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but then there are quite a few who are open to other genres and fusing other genres with something so pure as Carnatic music. So I think uh, we are happy that that audience is catered to and they enjoy our fusion. And specifically the young ones, uh, as you can see, the world grows progressive uh, by by the year or by the decade. So <clears throat> uh, you can see the same pattern across uh, listeners of uh, Indian classical music. They are open to genres like this and they listen to a lot of uh, uh, different forms of music. So that way, you know, it opens up their uh, their gate to consuming uh, music, which is not just Indian classical music. So, yeah. Um, did, did you guys have, like, of, of course, um, being a country a little bit more remote from the usual Western, like European and, and, and American market, especially in the live sector, um, did you have a lot of um, bigger prog metal bands visiting? Uh, in the last years before the pandemic hit? Yeah, we we did. I mean, um, well, not, <laughs> I, I suppose it depends, what you, depends on what you define as prog, but then a, lo a lot of a lot of artists do come here. There's a huge following for um, people like Clinny and David Maxim Mikic and the aristocrats. Um, right. Who else came? Chon, Chon came here. Chon came, came here. Tesseract yeah. came here. Yeah. Dream Theater came to Mumbai. Oh, I mean, yeah. plenty of bands. <laughs> Monuments, yeah, so. Opeth. Monuments came. Opeth came. Meshuga yeah, came. Meshuga I mean, came, few years yeah, ago. Yeah, back, yeah, 2010. Obviously, Metallica and all have played, but yeah. Um, Frog, I guess. Steven Wilson, Steven Wilson came. Yeah, Steven yeah. Wilson was here. Carnival. Yeah, actually, pretty pretty much like Neoblivious Cat is everyone like they're all they've all been at least to somewhere uh, within India concentrated around three four cities right uh, in the south of India in the mid and then slightly in the north so there's not exactly a dearth like I think uh, more and more bands globally recognize uh, the fan base and the market potential also of a country like India there's a growing listener base and like Shivrat said uh, progressive music is only gaining interest. Uh, Although there is a big part of the population that's uh, whose attention span is shortening with uh, songs also shortening, but I, I guess that's happening across the world. But absolutely, there's definitely a market. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, India being a huge country, you guys, are you actually living in the same city close together and you, like pandemic permitting, you are able to meet up or do you like, stay in contact through the internet? <laughs> We, we didn't we didn't get to meet for a while i think from march to about september october until we went to the studio to record we didn't meet each other but we kept in we all live in the same city we live in we live in bangalore so but we still had um weekly or bi-weekly uh zoom calls or whatever just where we shared screens shared audio just tried to compose whatever we could and in fact a lot of the a lot of the album was composed that way. Some of it was done before before the pandemic hit. But um, in the midst of the pandemic, we got a lot of the composition done and the recording. So we, we, we made it work somehow. Uh, otherwise, we, I mean, four of us used to live in a, live in a flat together. Ah, so okay, cool. that was, yeah, that was nice. But yeah, things haven't been that way for almost a year now because of COVID and everything. So 
Yeah, right. Um, we all hope that that's gonna be over soon, and and that uh, the the return of live music will be glorious. And and yeah, I I, I whenever I I have a band like talking to a band uh, here on on the broadcast lately, I'm of course at the end of an interview is usually, hey, when when are you guys going out on tour and stuff? And it's just been, it's been weird, even though I'm doing these interviews for almost a year now, since the first lockdown started last March. Uh, but obviously, knowing you guys, even though you just dropped your debut album, you, you have been quite pro prolific as a live band as well, and you toured the UK in 2019, uh, including your appearance at UK Techfest. Where you also met K-Mac, um, who is featured on Kana Kana, as we just established earlier. And um, also, um, it was the first single. And you also mentioned the video and the headbanging. <laughs> um, yeah, how, how are things looking in India in that, in that regard? And uh, yeah, do you, do you, do you expect to, to be able to, to get together into the rehearsal room soon to prepare for for an imminent live return i can take that um together yeah yeah i mean um things are slowly um opening up i guess in some senses in india so we are able to meet um every week or so for rehearsals we're trying to stay uh, as safe as possible um and that said we I mean, like the live gig scene in India is somewhat crawling back into existence and we might play a show um, early March in Bangalore. Uh, actually, we will be playing a show uh, associated with our album release. So we are able to meet up for rehearsals and like finally, like I think after almost a year, we met uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was just magical. Right? <laughs> Unbelievable to be in the same room after so long. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, with, with, with all these influences on the, on that album, it's, it's clearly one of, one of the most eclectic albums in a long time I have listened to surely. And, uh, at the end of our shows, we always like to ask our guests what they've been listening to lately. And it, we call this section, what's in your Walkman," And it's actually open to, to any genre we, we don't restricted to prog but of course it's interesting to to see your prog influences as well but um especially with a band like project mishram it's it's uh, very very i'm super curious about your influences in general not only from the prog scene so is there anything that you guys have been listening to lately that you really that you were really digging and kept coming back to and maybe you want to share with us you can take turns. <laughs> I think we'll go with Sumant, then Ram, and then I'll I'll go third. So Sumant. In terms of, I don't know, influenced by uh, recent music, I've actually been really into KT Tunstall lately. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, beautiful albums. Like I, I'd never uh, been so much into singer-songwriters before, and she was like a breath of fresh air that I discovered her old music recently. But then I'm not someone who 
likes to listen to too much music i actually listen to more podcasts than music like i i, I don't know i've just become saturated at this point especially after you know the whole writing process you can't listen to anything anymore <laughs> yeah but kerry tanstel would be my answer i guess okay i was i just looked at my spotify to kind of clock what i've been listening to <laughs> because uh yeah aided berries and i have been listening to more podcasts and music like him but lately there's this there's this japanese math rock band named to just t o e to and i've i've been uh, listening to a lot of japanese math rock in general lately and i've i've really liked um the music that these guys are putting out so it's it's not exactly new music but then for me it's new it's it's all like 2010 stuff though so yeah i've, I've been listening to a lot of to cool shivarash yeah so with mine uh, it's not again as ram said it's not uh, same thing for me it's not uh, new music as such but uh, <clears throat> i uh, when i listen to music it revolves around different genres just like the album so i i'd, I'd be starting with a few carnatic songs like uh, actual renditions with the mridangam the percussion instrument or the and the violin uh, and then it would go to some uh, edm music uh, from 2010 to 2015 like those were the golden years when uh, uh, like i was introduced to edm so a lot of dj's like uh, david getta or hardwell and so on and then uh, there would be of course progressive metal uh, pretty much all bands i heard or discovered were from got gent the playlist on spotify so there'll be around a few songs from there uh, and most recently uh, just two days ago i was <clears throat> scrolling through a lot of songs but there is there was this album that gave me a lot of peace while traveling like uh, it wasn't too at that moment i wanted to just enjoy music rather than actively listen and see what they are you know writing so for that uh, i'd say uh, disperse i think that's the name of the band yakub zaitaki yes or jacob zaitaki i don't know how, how to pronounce oh yeah that that yes was, exactly <laughs> forwards yes. beautiful album I yeah just, and and, I, I, and yeah, it, it is uh, i i remember that album i just i just took it out of my shelf here and showed it to the guys uh, on the on the zoom and um it was released in 2017 and it's um yeah. it's very very unique in its uh, in its approach i think as it um incorporates you know pop influences in a very different not like not um uh in your face shine in your face way yeah it's like very very subtle and and i think part of the problem with this album was that not a lot of people in the prog world were understanding it or kind of digging it and i also had my problems at first but one point i was like this is really beautiful <laughs> yeah and um yeah especially after like the the first dispersed albums were more in that melodic riverside tradition and and that was just completely different and um but yakub uh yeah he 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 quit dispersed and last year he released a live album there's also the whole show to watch on youtube which yeah, i highly recommend it, yeah. he's he's just uh mind blowing and really also like um um <clears throat> uh ram you mentioned plini and um and david yeah. maximitic earlier he's with together with them he's one of the one of the foremost uh, guitar innovators i would say in the scene today 
Yeah, very, very cool call. Um, I also, since since I do these interviews like like for for one year now, and and I have two every every week, I I kind of uh, see what um, bands or what what music I'm reminded of. I by the artist I'm I'm interviewing. So. Of course, this time it's uh, it, it it was the the Indian prog stuff that I know so far and and that I've come across so far. And um, last year, most notably, there was one very new project. They just have two singles out, and I was blown away by both of them, especially by the first one. I think it was called Freedom, and the band is called Groovy Noodles, and they're just crazy. They also have like Dream Theater covers or whatnot on their YouTube channel. Um, so the yeah, this Groovy Noodles is incredible. It's actually by two really established musicians from India who are like really big in the scene. Aritra Basu, who used to play for the band or still does, the metal band called Yon Sample. Uh, oh, okay. You should check them out. Beautiful band. Uh, and uh, Rick Rajnath, so very prolific oh. musicians. So yeah, Groovy Noodles is just like a side project of theirs. Amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I will have to dig deeper into their uh, into what they are doing. Um, another new project, I think also they have two singles now, it's called Beyond. It's also, I also stumbled across that in like various gent groups or uh, Proxmop or wherever. And uh, then, of course, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think I read in your bio that uh, you also played with them already Taikudam Bridge uh, their second yeah. album from 2019 was incredible I just listened to it again last night and this one this one song that they where uh, Guthrie Govan is uh, playing the guitar solo I love solo. that song it's so beautiful it's so funny because that's... on that album it's also quite di you know the, the songs yeah. are different sounding and, and the, the song directly before that is very funky very upbeat and then yeah. this, this I Can See You, it's called. It's so beautiful. And not only because Guthrie is guesting on it, I, I think the song itself is so, so beautiful. Yeah. And I have the feeling, yeah. like the vocalist who's singing on that song, I have no idea who it is, but he has a, like the, a, a similar quality to his voice or similar timbre uh, to Mick Moss from Antimatter. Um, it's just beautiful, that song. Um, and finally, um, I want to give a shout out to my friend uh, Baskar um, from the band Art Against Agony, um, who introduced me to the to the instrument of the Mridangam. Um, so uh, yeah, there is actually a progressive metal band in Germany <laughs> with a Mridangam player, <laughs> which is very cool. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for taking the time. It was a, was a blast having you here on the broadcast. All the best with the release of Mesu out now, self-released, uh, right, on your own label, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, really hope to see you guys one, one day, wherever in the world that may be, live on stage. Thank you guys for taking the time. Thank you guys out there for listening. Um, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. The Prodcast is a Stuist Media podcast. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. 
Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of the podcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. See you next time, Prague fam. <laughs>